Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Best Bits with Alice and Lily. Just a trigger warning, uh, we do discuss uh, eating disorders, disordered eating behavior, and exercise addiction. So if that's something you're struggling with at the moment, um, maybe tune in to next episode and we'll love to see you there. We begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians on the land in which we meet today and we pay our respects to their elders past and present. We acknowledge the ongoing connection that Aboriginal people have to this land and recognise that Aboriginal people are the original custodians of the land in which we are here today. Hello, Al, and hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Yay. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> I was going to say a day, but then I was like, everyone's going to listen to us a different day. So I just continued awkwardly and let's just pretend that never happened. I love it. How are you, Anne? Um, I am really well today, Lily. I had a fantastic weekend. It was so sunny and I just always feel so much better after sun. It, I yeah. saw this uh, quote the other day. It was just like very cliche and, and whatever, but it was like sunshine is free. And yeah. the amount of happiness that sunshine brings you. And it's, oh, it's free. like nothing it's, else. It's like nothing else. Yeah. And when you go through these periods of rain and everything, it just makes you appreciate it so much more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's hectic. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to a mate last night about this and then how like people are just so much happier. Like just, you know, there's no road rage. There's no like pa- pa- like footpath rage. You just like people are just like happier. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm oh, apart good. from that, like I'm well. Um, yeah. Just trying good. to, yeah, my week was good. I, was, I um, it was busy, uh, but it was good. Like I really have nothing to report, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. just trying to find this new life that I'm living in now. Um, yeah, and trying to um flow a little bit. I think that flow is a really nice word that I'm using at the moment, which is just going with it and seeing what happens and just yeah. um, uh, how would you say um, trusting the universe. Um, putting good energy into it and seeing what happens. We love the universe. Yes. What about you, Lily? How was your week? Really good. Really good. Um, busy, 
Mm. Um, but good. My okay, so I can tell this because this won't come out for two weeks. Um, but I'm flying back home for a few nights um, this Thursday. So I've been planning it this week um, and booking flights because my sister is getting engaged. Oh, my gosh. But she doesn't know it, so I'm going to fly back home, surprise her after the (gasps) the engagement has happened. Um, I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) That was Um, very sweet. Yeah. So I've been planning that this week. Um, with mum and dad and her partner Josh and yeah I'm gonna fly back on Thursday wow I I love love (laughs) I know so happy engagement Alice and Josh yay congratulations that's so sweet I'm so happy for them yeah it's lovely it's lovely and we've got our quotes for the week uh and mine is from the one the only Michelle Obama uh, and it is being a healthy woman isn't about getting on the scale or measuring your waistline. We need to start focusing on what matters, on how we feel and how we feel about ourselves. And yeah, I think that it kind of sums it up pretty well for how I guess mm-hmm. we feel as women. Oh, beautiful. I love that. I love her. She's amazing. I love everything about her. What's your um, quote? So my quote is um, there are people you haven't met yet that will love you so much. Oh, I know. Isn't that cute? That's so nice. Because like we don't even know half the people. Like we literally, yeah. even thinking about us, Lily, like I didn't know you a year ago or two years ago, let's say, and now we know each other. And I love you so much. And I love you so much. But like isn't it cool that yeah. we just have these people in our lives and we'll be in our lives in 10 years' time that we've never met in our entire life before yeah. and it's just so beautiful to think that there's so much opportunity and space for new people in our lives and I guess it kind of also talks to the fact that like you can also there are people in your lives that you love right now that might not be in your life in 10 years time and that's not a bad thing but Mm -hmm. it creates space for people who you will love in 10 years time too exactly it's like the space the space for so much more love and so much more happiness in our life and I think as we get older we think or it's like it's harder to make friends. That's kind of like the um, general consensus, I suppose. But I think the friends mm. that you make as you get older are so special. Yeah. Okay, so getting on to today's topic is all about how to have a healthy relationship with exercise, how to cultivate um, exercise in your life in a healthy, balanced way, I suppose. Um, but the way to start that, I guess, is what is an unhealthy relationship with exercise? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Alice, what is it? Tell us. Yeah. Yes. Like exercise is really healthy, right? It's, it's really important for us and it's important that everyone moves their body in some way. Um, exercise and an unhealthy relationship with exercise, I believe is 
um, an approach in which it compromises your well-being, mm-hmm. um, and that could be psychological well-being, that could be physical well-being, that could be social well-being, that could be financial well-being, and one that is really rigid and I guess um, punitive or like associated with feelings of guilt. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you don't exercise, you feel incredible amounts of guilt or shame or embarrassment even. Um, and then as well, um, it is primarily focused on specific goals like weight loss goals, um, or maintaining a certain weight or Mm. body physiques. And that is the primary focus. Mm. So overall, I think that it's just an, an approach to exercise that is very rigid, that compromises your facets of your wellbeing and has, um, yeah, I guess is in a somewhat an addictive um, approach mm. to to it all. Yeah, and I guess that looks differently yeah. for everyone. So your idea of a healthy, balanced relationship with exercise could my, could be my unhealthy relationship with exercise because mm-hmm. it's not, I guess, about what exercise you do or how often you do it really. It's how you feel about it and how it makes me yeah. feel internally, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, absolutely. And then yeah. on, you know, the opposite side, what would you say would be a healthy relationship with exercise? So what would that look like? Or I guess more importantly, what would that feel like? I think it would feel like you could have um, – sort of autonomy over your decision. Mm. So uh, what do I want to do today rather than what do I have to do today? And you can rest when you need and you feel okay in resting. Mm. You can exercise in multiple ways, not just go to the gym or going for runs. Um, And that can be based off the day, the week, the season. It could be based off how you're feeling, your menstrual cycle, whatever. Um, And then enjoying exercise. And that sounds silly, but like a lot of the time we think that exercise should be this thing. That's like something that we absolutely hate, but we have to do. And that's not the case. Like it is really important to find movement and exercise that you enjoy, um, and doing it as often as you can. Obviously there'll be days where sometimes we have to move for our mental health more than anything else. But as long as I guess enjoyment is the one facets that's always kind of the the denominator I think that then that's a really yeah that's a really healthy relationship with exercise um and constantly checking in with yourself as well if you've got injuries Mm. then being able to rest and that to be the priority um and acknowledging that no week is going to be the same and sometimes you exercise five times a week four times a week sometimes you don't exercise at all but being okay with that Mm. and accepting of that because that's I guess the you know human yeah it's really interesting that idea that exercise has to be this really hard, strenuous, unenjoyable thing. And when you flip that on its head and you actually start to enjoy the exercise that you do, and I don't even say exercise as much anymore. I say movement and moving your body, whatever that looks like for you and whatever movement you get enjoyment out of is what you should be doing. But it is so ingrained in us that exercise sucks and it's like the worst part of the day. Um, And yeah, when you flip that on its head, it's just so empowering and it becomes something that you just love to do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But it it is, is, I guess it's just the society that we live in. And of course there is the end of the spectrum that is, um, 
you know, people with, with eating disorders um, or addictions to exercise. There's absolutely that. But I guess, you know, on a more kind of mainstream level, it's your everyday person. Um, and I think it's a lot more common than we probably think for just your everyday person to have an unhealthy relationship with exercise. So I guess it doesn't have to be the really serious cases of it. It can just be, yeah, the everyday person uh, and their mindset around it. Yeah. And I think that like the society that we're living in is a really good point that you made that I'd love to expand on because we um, are unfortunately with gym culture Mm. these days, um, pain, no pain, no gain, sort of hustle, hustle culture. We um, forget that you can't cookie cutter gym classes to one person. Mm. Oftentimes with gyms that have specific, I guess, um, exercise routines in that specific session or whatever, um, we think that we have to do it. Mm. And we think we have to push ourselves 100% every single time or it's a failure. And we've got to remember that, especially as women, we're not going to be the same. We're not going to show up the same every single session and that's okay. And you can't expect to be in this cookie cutter gym class and approach it every single day the same. Mm. And unfortunately as well, I guess historically these gym classes have been designed around the male body and how it functions rather than the female body. So it is something to approach, I guess, with caution too, not to say that you shouldn't go to gym classes. I love gym classes. I go to them, Mm. but just being aware that, you know, just because it shows it on the screen doesn't mean you have to do that either. It's so interesting, I guess, that these classes were based on, on the male body. And as females, yeah, I show up differently to exercise every time. Um, mm-hmm. Some days I'll be able to like breeze through a 8K run or whatever it is. And then other days I'm walking. Like you've got yeah. to stick within the barriers of your body and don't hold yourself to your last session's uh, standards because every day is different. And it will depend so much, of course, on your physical body, but also on on your mental well-being and how you're doing that day. What would you say your relationship with exercise is, Al, and do you think it's evolved and changed over time or mm. have you always been pretty healthy with it? Because from the outside looking in, like it seems like you have a really good relationship with exercise. With me, I think that as a child, like Anna said, someone who grew up in a quite a sporty family, I would never had a poor relationship with exercise. It was like you exercise, you eat, you go train for soccer and like you have like two dinners. Like it was never a thing that I thought about. And I loved exercise. I didn't think of exercise as anything other than just having fun. Mm. And then I guess when I went to high school and I struggled with a lot of personal things and my relationship with food, then exercise kind of became something that I could do to help with my anxiety, but then also somewhat manipulate my body as well. And I started to realize that it's actually a tool that you can use to manipulate your body and how it looks like. And unfortunately with going to a private girls school, it kind of fed into that as well. Um, I still exercised to out of enjoyment. I still did touch footy and soccer and surfing and all that kind of stuff. But I started kind of going to the gym and seeing all these people in skinny shorts and crop tops. And I was like, oh, like 
I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I never looked at exercise for a long, for, you know, several years, I think I looked at exercise as a tool to change my body mm. um, or to maintain my body. Yeah. And in uni as well, I I used it as a tool to help with my anxiety and it was oh, honestly one of my only tools to help with my anxiety at the time. So I became quite addicted to exercise because of that because mm. I was so anxious. I was like, I got to go for a run now. Like I feel anxious and I was just constantly on this like high, run is high and I became very obsessed with running for a long time mm. and um, and I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I loved the feeling but I think it was definitely an unhealthy relationship with exercise. So there was this one time that really um, stands out to me that was a a moment that I think shows me that my relationship with food, with exercise, sorry, was not great. And I had the flu one day um, on college and I I honestly, like, you know when you had the flu, you like feel sick and you're like, I literally feel like I'm being bashed, like being hit yeah. by a bus, you know. And I went mm-hmm. for a run and – oh, I I should not have gone for that run. I felt horrible, but Mm. I had to. No reason, but I just felt like I had to. And, yeah, since then I am complete 180. Like I exercise out of enjoyment for my mental health Mm. primarily and I have my days where I do feel like if I haven't exercised, I don't feel as great or zesty, if you will. Um, because of those endorphins I get, you guess you get from exercise. But nowadays I'm so much better at listening to my body. Like I think injuries along the way have helped with that. But I think that for me, exercise is all about my intention. And if I'm exercising because I feel like I should quote unquote, I usually just yeah. don't go because I know that that's not going to help. And that's going to feed into potentially a, an element of my life that it, that I'm very much past now. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I think as well exercising with people really helps because if I exercise by myself, I kind of can get into that mindset a little bit um, and I notice myself going, mm, you know, what are you doing? Why don't you go one kilometer yep. further? Like la, 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 la. And I'm like, so exercising with people and using it as an experience to you know, just to have fun helps yeah, a lot too. Absolutely, absolutely. And just – making it enjoyable for yourself. And I think the important thing that you said there is when you know your intention's not in the right place for you, you don't go and exercise. And, you know, we harp on about intentions all the time, you know, on our own personal like platforms, but intentions are so important for everything and checking in with your intentions behind what you're doing. Um, and that, that has been a big role in, in developing my healthy relationship with exercise that I truly feel I have now is intentions. But I guess for me, like. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm the same as you. Like growing up, had a, like, I think a really good fun relationship with exercise. Like my dad and I would go on runs um, and, you know, that was like our bonding time. Then we would go uh, for years, we'd get up and surf every morning together and it was like Aww. exercise that didn't even feel like exercise and it was just fun and you'd come home and you'd have like the teller on crumpets and like, you know, just Aww, fun. Yes. Um, and then again, which I think is a pattern for everyone, once you get into that high school kind of period, you start to notice, oh, especially with the rise of social media, I suppose, exercise can can change my body. Exercise can change my body to fit the, you know, standards of beauty. Exercise can do all these things for me and you start to buy into it. And for me, got to a point um, in when I was about 18 where I was, yeah, completely addicted to exercise. It was so unhealthy and then got to a point where I had to go just cold turkey um, on exercise completely. And that was so hard at the time, but looking back, so important and, and so important for a few reasons because it allowed my body to, to heal, you know, over time, it made me realize how important exercise was for anxieties and, and mental health and how much like how much I actually did love it because as much as I was addicted to it and it was unhealthy, I also did love it. And I've always loved exercise. Um, mm. And then how important intentions were. So as I started to recover and as I was allowed to start implementing exercise back into my routine, how it was so important to be checking in on how I was feeling around it because I knew what a slippery slope it was back to that unhealthy behavior and back to those unhealthy thoughts and feelings. So going cold turkey was the best thing for me. I don't know if I'd recommend it for everyone in an, in that, you know, addictive state because it, it is a really, really challenging thing. But, yeah, for me it was so important. And with clients you see, you what do you recommend? Do you recommend anything to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, often, often the clients that I see who have a struggle, struggling relation, who struggle with their relationship with food, struggle yeah. with their relationship with exercise as well. Um, and yeah, it's you know it is, and unfortunately, there's no cookie cutter approach. And oftentimes, I look at what their relationship with exercise was, mm. was before they struggle with their relationship with food, and um. I, I really, it's, it's a hard thing to navigate because I do believe that exercise is really, really fantastic Mm. for your relationship with, um, with yourself and, you know, helping with anxieties and things like that. But then also we don't want to get to a point where we're exercising for other reasons Mm. as well. So I would say that 
you know, yeah. it's very dependent. And in some cases where obviously medically it's unhealthy to exercise, yeah. of course, um, but in other places then we do put limits mm. on it or we do um, really kind of have a bit of an intervention and asks, asks you know, each other what – what type of exercise they need and, you know, if it's for the mental health, like do you have to go for that two-hour run or can yeah. you go for a 30-minute run? Like, you know, asking these questions um, along the way. But it is hard. I'd be interested, Lily, to know, like, when you went cold turkey, what things did you do mm. instead of exercise? So for me, and this was just, I guess, a part of my whole recovery process, um, so I would go for walks. I would go for walks and I'd listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. But also I started meditating and that kind of became wow. my new my new exercise because I needed that that mental help. I needed that, but I knew I couldn't get it from exercise anymore. It wasn't healthy for me and it was only doing me damage. And so I started meditating. And that was the hardest thing ever coming from that mindset of of um you know, exercise is, is life essentially. Um, and to just like go full 180 and sit still and breathe slowly, literally the opposite of exercise. And it was the, the catalyst for my recovery and, you know, doing things with, with friends and, and getting my social life back. Um, because when you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise, you forego a lot of social things. And last week our episode was comparison culture. Um, and we kind of said, you know, how, you know, a little bit of comparison can be good at this time. Comparison for me actually was so good because I saw other women and I saw how they lived their lives and I was inspired by them. I, yeah, I saw that they like, had a really healthy relationship with food and just went for walks and and did things that they loved, climbed a mountain and and all these different things. And comparison for me at that time was so, mm. so helpful. Yeah. I guess it depends on who you compare yourself to. Hey, like, you know, comparison in that space for somebody else who's looking at influencers online who exercise three times a day, like that's fantastic yeah yeah <laughs> um, exactly but like yeah so yeah that's a you should be really proud of that lily i think that um anything cold turkey for an addiction addictive point of view is very mm. very hard to do mm. um and you know f- it is important when you do um work or sort of when you do go cold turkey to find a replacement and meditation seems like it's done you the world of good yeah it's it's the best thing i've ever done um and I go in and out of it. I'm not like someone yeah. that, you know, meditates every day for an hour or whatever. Like it's, it goes in and out, but I know that I'm like my, my healthiest, my happiest version of me when I am doing those things. Yeah. So other than that, I guess what, um, what has also really helped me and something that I still utilize to this day every time I exercise is gratitude. Oh, yeah. It is, it's the biggest one for me because I just am so bloody grateful for my body. I'm so grateful that it is literally doing everything for me every single day for me to live the life that I live. And I'm so grateful for my body. And I, I say that to myself 
every day, particularly when I'm exercising in a workout and it's really hard. I'm like, I'm so grateful for my body. This is sick. Like I love doing this. And then also when I just don't feel like exercising and I'm, um, maybe I've got the flu or I've got whatever. I say, I'm so grateful for my body that I'm going to treat it with respect and kindness and I'm going to let myself rest. A hundred percent. I think it's very hard to dislike something and treat something poorly when you're very grateful mm, for it. So true. Um, yeah. And I think that gratitude, that can also kind of come into a relationship with food as well. Mm. Like when you're grateful for the food that you provided and you have love for it, you're like, wow, like yeah. I'm so happy that I'm able to eat this food. And I'm reading this book, M. Carey, at the moment called The Girl Who Fell From The Sky. And she says like gratitude is one of the most the, the most fundamental things that she practices these days because, you know, although she can't walk properly and she can't feel her legs, like she's so grateful that she, she has legs mm. and she, she can somewhat walk yeah. and she can see. And uh, yeah, when you start approaching it from a, a gratitude point of view, it's very hard. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot easier to respect it mm. and to love it and to listen. Yep. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But but also finding exercise, movement, activity that you really enjoy. Um, you know, we spoke about how exercise is this thing that like people just have these bad connotations with, um, and that it has to be strenuous and hard. But it so doesn't. Like going for a walk, no, that is exercise. Going and um climbing a mountain or, you know, getting out in nature, going stand-up paddleboarding, surfing, yoga. Mm-hmm. Like gardening. Gardening. <laughs> and there's so many ways that you can exercise that don't have to be this, you know, like high-intensity, lifting weights. Like it just doesn't have to be that way and it can just be living an active life that can be your exercise. But I think for so many of us, we label it as, you know, exercise is running. It's the gym. It's, you know, gym classes, whatever it is. And anything yeah. other than that doesn't count as exercise. Because you're not sweating. you're not sweating. And yeah. it's just not the case. And that's definitely something that as a society we need to move away from because it's not helpful for anyone. No, absolutely not. And it's it's hard. I think that it takes a lot of practice to get mm. to that point where you are you do build that relationship with exercise. It's a much, much more healthy than it was previously. But I think that yeah, you're right. Like practicing gratitude for your body, doing things that you actually enjoy, mm. um, making it fun. Um, they're all really important things to improve your relationship with exercise and as well practicing rest and checking in and asking yourself like what is your intention for this and if you're feeling sore if you're feeling tired and and you just feel like you should quote unquote go for a run it's really important to practice that rest Mm. because if you go to yourself like hey I should probably rest but I'm going to go anyway Mm. then that's really just teaching yourself that you shouldn't listen to your body um, and feeding into that addictive cycle. So even though it might feel uncomfortable to rest and you know you should, it is actually really important to actually practice that Mm. and know that it won't feel amazing Mm. and you probably will feel a little bit uncomfortable for a bit resting because you're not used to it. But it is very, very, very important. Yeah. And and learning to trust yourself in that way. 
I know yeah. when I was in that addictive state, I would start out, say I would, I would go for a run or something and I'd say, okay, I'm going to do 5Ks or whatever it is. And then I'd be on the run and I'd be like, oh, no, I could probably do one more. I could probably do one more. And that didn't build self-trust. So now as important it is to, to listen to your body and, you know, for a lot of people going and, and starting on a run and, you know, saying, oh, I could probably do one more is a great thing for me. And for probably a lot of people with like addictive behaviors, it's important to build that self-trust. So if now I say, oh, I'm going to go on a 5k run, if that's my intention at the start, I stick to that because that builds that self-trust within me. And I know that mm. I'm not going to stray out of that because for me, um, it's about building that self-trust with myself. Yeah, that's a good point. It can be very hard. And, you know, it's like if you don't go for that extra and you should, you, you, you're lazy or, mm. or, you know, you didn't try hard enough. And we've got to remember that exercise, you don't have to put in 100% every single time. And, you know, if you're 80% that day, putting in 80% is 100% for you. So, yeah, it's a very hard thing to navigate, but I would highly suggest – just checking in with yourself, not comparing your exercise with anybody else. And if you don't feel like it, don't do it. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Like there are so many things you can do for movement outside of going to that gym class or doing that run. Um, and if you don't feel like moving that day either, then that's okay too. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so true. And I think the other thing is, yeah, doing it, doing it with mates, doing it with, with, people that you love to catch up with and have fun with and making exercise, you know, just a part of the thing that, you know, you do together and you enjoy things like park run on, on a Saturday, like they're so fun and, you know, fun. community and, and even just going for a walk with a mate, going and playing tennis, like. Yeah. Tennis. Yeah, Fraser and I always play tennis and it's just so fun and you don't even think about the exercise involved oh. in it. You just, you just have fun. Or one of my mm. really good mates, her and her family, they just go and play soccer and they oh, just love fun. it. So it's it's finding the things that work for you and if you're not enjoying it and you're not genuinely, um, genuinely enjoying the exercise that you're doing, stop doing it and and find mm -hmm. something that you enjoy because it doesn't have to be awful. It can be one of the best parts of your day and purely yeah. from that enjoyment side of it. So it's, yeah, it's finding what works for you and not sticking to any parameters or sticking to any, um, I guess, things that we're societally conditioned to believe that is exercise. Yeah, Do what works for you mm -hmm. and enjoy it because the mental benefits of exercise are, amazing they extreme they're, they're amazing yeah. and it's like anything in life too much of anything isn't good so you've got to find your balance yep and you've got to find what works for you and yeah stick to that but just make it a commitment to yourself to to have that healthy relationship to check in with your intentions to say okay no i'm doing this today um if i was to exercise today i think it might be just purely for aesthetic reasons I'm not going to do it today then. And mm -mm. just be honest with yourself and and build that. Yeah, absolutely. Be yeah, honest. Build that trust muscle with yourself. Trust muscle. Mm. 
We love a trust muscle. We love muscle. a trust muscle. We do. We do. <laughs> do we have any other wrecks for anyone? I, I don't think so, mm-hmm. hey. I think you've really done a great job at summarising those. And um, I honestly just think it's that trust and mm-hmm. time. Yep. That's, that's mm-hmm. what it's all about. But just know that if you do have an unhealthy relationship with exercise, that to a certain extent it's very normal and a lot of people mm-hmm. do. But there are so many incredible experiences and happiness and joy that you could be missing out on and that are so available to you if you just work on that relationship and make it as healthy as it can be for you Um, because, yeah, the experiences that are happening when you're focused on on this addictive cycle with with exercise, they're incredible and you don't want to miss out on them. Yeah, absolutely beautifully Mm -hmm. said. Anything else to me? I think that's it. I don't yeah. think so. I think, I think that's, that's it. it. You, I was just like really in, like I was just listening oh. to you that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and thank you guys so much for listening. We've been so um, humbled and and excited mm. by the response that we've had yeah. from from you all, and we just appreciate it so much. It's it's such a fun thing for us to do, and the fact that you're enjoying it is fantastic. Is a massive bonus, yeah. And of course, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear it. Yes. And um, if you can subscribe or follow mm-hmm. and rate, that really helps us to be able to share more things like this. Um, and yeah, we can't wait to be chatting again soon. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.